On today's show, who's the most intriguing player on the Mavericks going into next season? And who's the most intriguing player in the NBA? We'll give you our answers on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks. Lockdown Mavericks. NBA champion. don't believe you shouldn't be here. Loyalty never fades away. Welcome, you are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for being part of the show, making Locked On Mavs your first listen every day. Join the Raccoon Squad, be an everydayer, subscribe, follow for free. Just search Locked On Mavericks wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. But the best way you can help us grow the show is to listen every day and to comment anything below. Let us know in the comment section. Name two players. The most intriguing player on the Mavericks and the most intriguing player in the NBA next season. I'm curious what everybody thinks about that. Let us know in the comment section. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. If you want to support the show, text us, get text alerts from us on Mavs Rumors, watch film with me, and more stuff like that. Subscribe to our subtext, click the link in the description, or text the number in the description as well. And joining me, as always, my co-host, writer, contributor, Mavs.com, Studio 41, the winged wonder, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Whoa, the storm's outside. As soon as you said that, big, uh, big <laughs> thunder there. Uh, no, shout out to the wings. You know, first time they, they advanced in the playoffs and, uh, you know, Thank you. Big thanks to Nick for taking me to uh, another Wings game. I got him. I got him, guys. I got him locked in. He's, he's, right. he's asking me when the semifinals games are. He's all in. It's There's just not – like the atmosphere there is just – is so contagious like yeah you can't you can't not you can't go to a game go to a wings game and not like get, be into the game and uh but from a mavericks angle we were joined by a lot of mavericks at the yeah. game <laughs> a lot a huge mavs uh, contingent at the game yeah i was waiting for you to to show up and i all of a sudden looked up from my seat i sat right behind the wings bench and michael finley was walking by and i was like oh cool michael finley's here and then right behind him Hall of Famer, a legend, the tall baller from the G. It was Dirk Nowitzki. And I'm I'm at the Wings games as a fan. I'm like, I'm I'm cheering, I'm screaming at refs, I'm doing all that. I'm standing up, I'm clapping. Refs are bad. The refs were not great. And so Dirk walks by and just like my fan reaction, I just stick my hand out. I just stick my hand out again. He gave me a high five. And then Jason Kidd was right behind him. And I just turned away real quick and hid my face. He looks at you and he's like, yeah, you thought... Reggie should have played more last year. <laughs> he looks at me and he's like, he's like, I'm not playing. I'm watching just like you guys. Which would have been true today. Which would have been true at yeah. the Wings game. He would have been right about that. Hey, coach, um, we're, we're both watching today. So he's there. And then you, then when you came, I, I looked over and I said, hey, there's Derek Lively and Tim Hardaway Jr. They were sitting on the opposite side of the scores table. And then you pointed out Omax because you guys had walked in together and you pointed him out across the, the way. <laughs> And then, um, and then Grant Williams showed up and started and was sitting next to Jason Kidd. So there's a bunch of Mavericks there. Yeah, super cool. Tim, you know, watching Enrique and just like, dang, <laughs> this is my shot selection right here. He's just, he's inspired. So uh, watch out in the preseason. Uh, he wants that Enrique green light. Yeah, wish my light was that green. Good Lord. <laughs> uh, man, today's episode, we're going to get into 
the uh, most intriguing players in the NBA and on the Mavericks. So Zach Lowe did this on his podcast recently. He picked five players most intriguing in the NBA. We're going to take it Maverick style and talk about our most intriguing players in the Mavericks. And then we're also going to name some of ours in the NBA. We're not even doing just Western Conference. We're expanding to the entire NBA, and so we'll name some of those. But let's start here. I'm going to give you my most intriguing player from the Dallas Mavericks. He was in attendance tonight at the Wings game. Uh-oh. Grant Williams. I'm hmm. fascinated with Grant Williams next year because there's a couple of ways that Grant Williams can be amazing for this team, and I think his role basketball-wise is going to be pretty cut and dry. He's going to hit threes. He's been a great three-point shooter his whole career. He's going to defend. We know that he likes to defend bigger guys. That's something that nobody on the Mavericks likes to do, likes to do really. Even even Maxi guards wings a lot of time, a lot of times and guards smaller guys. And so he's going to be able to do that and fit into that role perfectly on the Mavericks. My question is what else does he do on the court? I keep going I keep going back to my conversation with John Corrales when I brought him on from Lockdown Celtics. He's watched Grant his whole career and, you know, covered him coming out of the draft and all that. And he said the thing about Grant Williams is he was doing a little bit too much on offense. And mm. does that does that start to happen with the Mavericks? I'm very curious to see if that happens with him. And then the other thing that Krause would talk about, and everybody that covers the Celtics would talk about last year, is that Grant just wears on you because he talks. He talks a lot. He just talks all the time. We saw him at the game. He's talking to Jason Kidd. He's talking to Michael Finley. He's talking He's talking a whole game to everybody all the time. Now, that's just a social setting, but – on the court, in the locker room, all that. Like, the Batman thing where he shows up as Batman, Jason Tatum comes out and is like, man, what are you doing? Shut up. Like, blah, blah, Some, Some of there's there's some truth to some of that. Like, to some of that with Jason Tatum. And so I'm curious, does he become, does he step up and become a leader? Because you also hear him on, like, J.J. Reddick's podcast, and he just sounds like a guy that would be a leader on a team that's really intelligent, comes off as a guy that's thoughtful and knows his role and knows what, you know, a team wants to be and wants to prove that whatever team he's going to be on is better and all that and is ready for this big role. But I'm just curious what his role, like, off on the court ends up being, right? Like, on the court, I know exactly what he's going to be. But, like, can he be a leader? Is he going to be annoying? Is he going to rub guys the wrong way? Like, at what point in the season does that happen? And I'm just fascinated to watch some of that. Yeah, I'd like to know how much um... – how much of that was like media driven versus like sure. player driven on the talking too much stuff on the Boston media too. Cause we've seen a lot of weird stuff from Boston media. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you, you know, you see the clips it's, it's more of like the clips, whenever like, Hey, the games are going bad and he's over there like trying to coach everybody up and yeah. stuff like that. But it's like, I'm gonna make both. <laughs> yeah. You like see him tonight. You see him, you know, he, he does that. He has a, a, a personality that, seems like would be a blast to have in the locker room and stuff. And he didn't make my list because of the, I mean, you honestly kind of like went against it a little bit or like the reason why I didn't pick him is because I feel like there's a, um, I feel like it's pretty defined on like the range of outcomes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how I, I took the intriguing thing. Uh, mine might be a little cop out because, you know, Zach Lowe and them did, you know, put some like parameters when they did it. We're not really, we didn't print any yeah but like we're gonna do some like you know guys around the league and but we're not gonna say like lillard or harden or something like that yeah. um for me it's kyrie irving like sure. it's you know i I did a a solo pod you're on vacation i don't know somewhere traveling the world and i did this solo pod i'm like the biggest swing players uh like title swing players in the league that 
if it goes completely right, then it could put this team like their team in the conference finals or finals. Uh, but there's also a, a very real route that it could just go really bad. Like there's a huge range of outcomes. And that's why Kyrie's for, for me is honestly, and it's not just a, like a Madison. He is one of the most intriguing, interesting players for me this entire season, because if he's fully locked in and there's like, and he's healthy and he's like, all right, let's do this thing. Like he's had, we know all the stuff that's happened over the past few years. And if it's fully locked in, he doesn't miss too many games. He doesn't have bigger, you know, big injury or something like that. I think, man, like, I don't even know like what the possibilities of like what it could turn into this year would just be a lot of fun. But we've also seen the other side of it too. And we could sit here and do like, all right, what if blank is happening, you know, after Thanksgiving or he's, you know, in all of this. So he is the most interesting player for the Mavs this year for me. He's the most interesting person on the, on the Mavericks probably too. In the league. That, I mean, you did the, you did this, the, uh, the segment the other day, Kai's, what was it? Kai's socials, socials with Kai socials, with, socials with Kai. I, mean, I need like a, like a, a chime or like a bell yeah. ring or something like that. It's great. It's great, dude. Dude. It's great. That's all I have for right now. But yeah, he, he's definitely one of the most intriguing players because like, I think, you know, we know his role, but I think he could also push the Mavs ceiling up a little. And we just haven't seen the oh, yeah. Luka Kyrie thing work as well as we would have hoped Four and 11 when they played. I mean, that's not working, even though they outscored opponents when those two are on the court together, like yeah. they still just didn't, didn't pull off games and wins. You, you can, you can call me Mavs bias or whatever it is. I'm, I'm just not, I'm not counting those. Like I, I'm just not, I'm not, those don't <laughs> hold those 15 games just don't hold a ton of weight for me. All things considered after the trade mid season, the end of the year, them, them, you know, switching things up at the end there and wanting to lose games. Like there's just so much stuff um, that I think you just got to hold that with a grain of salt. I think, it, I think there's a, there's a, a, a likelihood that we could look at that and feel a lot of people could feel really, really stupid after the first six to eight weeks of the season and Kyrie and Lucas killing it and the Mavs have a good record. And it's like, Hey, remember all those people who are like, dude, can these two guys work after 10 games? It's like, come on. Like from your microphone to the basketball gods, AirPods. I hope that that becomes true. And that's a, that, that, that actually happens because that would be awesome. Coming up. We've each got one more most intriguing Maverick. We've got our second most intriguing Maverick. And then let's start naming the most intriguing players in the NBA. I'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Jace Medical. Jace has an interesting product. It's something that I had never thought about before in my life. It's something that if I had been stuck in a situation like this where I'm dealing with an infection, I'm dealing with some kind of um, you know, sickness or something that I don't know how to combat, I can't get medication for, I don't have access to or, or something, I would be stuck. But the Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. I've got mine right here. You open it up and you just got the... the antibiotics that they give you you've got the booklet your emergency antibiotic guide that tells you and jace also has you know physicians that can give you ongoing care for any treatment related questions doctor created doctor recommended you may have to jump on a call with a board certified physician to make sure that everything's right for you if you have previous you know 
uh, like conditions or something like that. But it's very simple to sign up. It was very easy to get mine. And right now, you can save more than $360 by getting life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using the code LOCKED at checkout on jace.com. That's jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. And use that promo code Locked on. Explain yourself. Sorry. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us on Lockdown Maps, being part of the show, part of the Raccoon Squad, listening every day. We appreciate each and every one of you. I appreciate everybody that tweeted at us, that either saw us at the game or saw that I finally got Isaac to go to Wings games, that I talked to. I got him, I got him there. Appreciate Nick that. was handing out condoms left and right. I said, like, my tickets are right next to all these, these ladies. And I, I finally got out, or I guess, or, or they, I told them or whatever. Well, a couple that, people stopped by, say hi to us. And they're like, Hey, who's this yeah. person? Huh? Yeah. Like, what are you? And I was like, well, we do a, we do a podcast and cover the Mavericks. Like you don't cover the Mavericks. You cover the Mavericks. Like, yeah. And showed a video of us and Luca and all that. And so, yeah, I was, I was passing out condoms, stickers, <laughs> stickers for the new listeners. I pass out stickers at games. They look like this. And everybody says, what is this like music? That. You're hearing music. I'm not hearing anything. Oh, I think it's I think it's in a browser. I think you got music in a browser. No, I don't. Anyway, keep going. Okay. It's not in the browser. Is there music playing? playing? No, you're good. All the right. People will tell us. Yeah. I thought you had. I thought you had music well, playing for like for that. I was like for like the new like passing out condoms thing. I was like, <laughs> you, got, you got like a little drop there. <laughs> All right. All right, my next mo- my next most intriguing Mavericks player was also in attendance at the Wings game tonight. Oh, we're gonna have we're gonna have two different people each. Yep, which is good. I wanted to go with somebody different, but this is most intriguing to me. It's Derek Lively the second. Yo, you see Apple Jacks? Derek Lively is intriguing to me because I'm fascinated to see they've got a, a, a top twelve pick, a lottery pick. How does this front office deal with that how do they bring him along how do they handle him because we saw what they did with Jaden Hardy who I think they thought was a lottery talent a lot of people thought was a lottery talent before his G League season but he ended up going in the second round and so how do you handle that is different than how you handle a guy that's the 12th pick in the draft and so there's that angle too the other part of Derek Lively he's their only shot as of right now He's their only shot at some rim protection that they desperately need. We talked about yesterday, the Mavericks in the regular season allowed 70% field goal percentage at the rim last year With when Luka and Kyrie were on the court. I mean, you just, you just aren't going to win that way unless you're defending really well in other areas. And so I'm really fascinated to see what they do with Lively and how Lively ends up this season. Yeah, he was he was a close third on my list. Like he just has to be on there because I mean, you go from the day they drafted him and Nico sitting there taking, you know, questions. It wasn't the day, it was their intro presser. We're both in there and about not really seeing them in the G League and it's like, I don't know, you know. Yeah. And then you like but then you see like different reports and people like we really trust and it's like, dude, don't be surprised if he gets G League time. And it, well, there's I, just I, Let's take the the thing what you alluded to earlier. Nico Harrison said it. Th- these guys won't be in the G League. Like definitively came out and said that that I don't think I don't see these guys playing in the G League. And then Tim McMahon was like, I wouldn't be surprised if you see him in the G League. So what happened between that press conference and and when Tim McMahon said that, like a kind of after free agency? 
Yeah, so I that's where what's going to be the learning curve for for Lively in the NBA? How long yeah. is it going to take for him uh, to be able to stay in games and not foul? And you know, is the is the shot going to be a thing that comes along in two to three years? Uh, it was hyped up a lot at those uh, pro days. So, yeah, but yeah, we'll see. And uh, so yeah, he was a third for me. The my second player is Josh Green. Yeah, and, I knew you were going to pick him, so I decided not to. Yeah, <laughs> just, I mean, because of the, you know, you trade off Reggie Bullock, he steps into the Reggie role, He's he should be a starter on this team. He's uh, We've talked about a million times, he's like their only guy who can guard the point of attack guys for opposing teams. He's going to take on the, you know, the the toughest guard assignment defensively every night. Yep. Yep. And Where's the shot going to be? You also just look at the spot he is in his career. As we're recording this, there's no extension, you know, uh, you know, for him yeah. right now. Um, you know, you look. This is his fourth season that's coming up. He's been in the league just three years. His first season, uh, you know, he got drafted in November because it was the COVID you know year, and all of that stuff didn't go through the normal stuff as as a rookie. And then the Rudy Gobert, you know, <laughs> just watching him dribble around. What's he gonna be? And it feels like this is reaching a point to where it's all, it could all come together this year as far as like his, his skills, but also him like honing it in and knowing when to use everything and it all just clicking really, really well. And if it clicks well, Dallas desperately needs him to be like the next step, Josh Green. You said it so well. Everything you said, I would have said. The other thing I'll add to that is, in transition, I think that he can be a player that gives them a little bit in transition because this Mavericks team did not get out in transition much at all until Kyrie showed up, and then all of a sudden they started to push a little bit. And if Kyrie and Josh Green can get on the same page, then maybe you add a couple of fast-break buckets that this Mavericks team just – they need something like that. Like They, just, they need yeah. some easy buckets here and there that aren't just wide-open threes or Dwight dunks. And so if they can get that going, and that adds another element of their – of their team, but you got to get the stops in order to get those fast break points. Uh, I mentioned this stat yesterday too, but the Mavericks were uh, ranked poor on synergy. It's the, the bottom, the worst that you can rank defending the pick and roll ball handlers last year. That's what Josh is going to do this year. He's going to guard those guards. Like you said, he's going to guard the point of attack, the pick and roll ball handlers. They defended that so poorly last year. Only four teams defended that worse than them. The Spurs, the Hornets, the Pistons, the Rockets. Literally the four worst teams in the NBA and the mm-hmm. Mavericks at defending pick-and-roll ball handlers. And so Josh has got to step up. They need him to step up in that. The same way that I talk about Lively is their chance to defend the rim. Like Josh Green is kind of their chance to defend the point of attack. Maybe Exum can do that. Maybe maybe Omax can do it a little. But like Josh Green's their, their real shot there. Yeah, this is probably a bigger conversation topic. But I wonder what it means for the Mavs that when you look across the roster, do how many other teams have this many players with such a wide range of outcomes? Yeah. That when, like when you look at the Mavs right now and say, all right, who are the players that you know exactly what you're going to get from them next year for the most part? Exactly. I mean, I literally go to like three players, Luca, Luca, Grant Williams, and Dwight. I know what I'm getting from Kyrie. I'm on the court. I'm just talking about everything collectively. Like, okay. Then never mind. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, well, okay. I'll, I'll throw Tim in there too. I know what I'm getting from Tim. Okay. Yes, that's true. 
And but I don't know what I'm getting on a night to night basis. Like, does he hit five threes or zero? Like, <laughs> but, but like, you know who he is and you know, right, you could right. say Maxi. there's, there's a little bit more, but there's a lot of guys in that Josh Green, Derek Lively, Rashawn Holmes, Harry on and off the floor, Hardy, um, you know, Dante Exum, like there's so many of these guys on the roster that you're looking at and saying, man, if it fully hits, that's, I mean, look where this team could go, but man, there's a world that it fully does not hit <laughs> and it, there's a very realistic outcome of it being the opposite too. So it's just, I don't know. It's, it, it feels like there's more than normal for a Mavs team than years past. It could be awesome. It could be really bad. <laughs> so that's where the, that's where the Mavericks are. That's who we think are the most intriguing players on the Mavericks coming up. Let's name our most intriguing players in the NBA. Who's standing out to us across the league as a player that we're super fascinated in? We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook has you covered with all kinds of different props and odds so you can cover the spread. Check that out. Check out FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. They've got games already. They've got games already up for the NBA. Hmm. They have a Mavericks game. They do. Opening yeah. night. Mavs at Spurs. Guess the line, Isaac Harris. Uh, Spurs are hosting, and yep. so, but they're gonna suck this year. I'm gonna say, correct. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna give Mavs. It's gonna be like Mavs six and a half. Mavs five and a half. He's so good at this. Five and a half for the Mavericks, right there. Minus five and a half half for the Mavericks. You can bet on that. You can bet on all kinds of stuff. They also have the Christmas game. The Mavs are a five and a half point underdog. In that one against the Suns. Suns are at home in that one. So go check out Locked On or go check out FanDuel.com slash Locked On. You can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed if you place a $5 bet if you're a new customer. So go check that out. Again, FanDuel.com slash Locked On. All right, Isaac. Let's talk about our most intriguing players in the entire NBA going forward. I'm going to do a bonus semi-Mavs related one. I'm going to do a semi-Mavs related one. Okay. DeAndre Ayton. Semi-Mavs. It's semi-Mavs related because Dropping Dimes is tweeting about him maybe being available again, that there's some kind of trade for him. That, That Twitter account is resurfacing. He had some sources. Who knows if he's got sources still. But the Mavs were connected to DeAndre Ayton in a trade. And is DeAndre Ayton just going to go back to the Suns and, like, it's just fine now? Vogel comes in. Does Vogel fix it? All of a sudden, Bradley Beal comes in. DeAndre Ayton's getting less shots than he did before Mm -hmm. even. Like, Kevin Durant comes in, he gets less shots. Now Bradley Beal comes in, he gets less shots. Like, how many more less shots can he get for him to still be okay? Like, that is something that I'm really thinking about with him. And... I was listening to Zach Lowe on the, on the way home from the, the Wings game and the way he was talking about Aiton in the situation. It's not just an Aiton and Monty Williams problem. It was an Aiton mm-hmm. and the whole organization problem. You had that story that came out about him, you know, playing video games late into the night. And, you know, like there's just weird stuff with him and the organization. So did the Monty Williams to Frank Vogel swap, does that fix everything with Aiton? And if it doesn't, then he could still be available for a trade. And if the Mavericks are still in it, Rashawn Holmes can be traded now, then maybe they decide to make that happen. And then DeAndre Aiton becomes the starting center for the Mavericks. He's such a great answer for this. <laughs> because, you know, he, he obviously signed the off sheet with the Pacers too. And now they match it. He's back. Is he all in? And for all the reasons. I actually put Brad Beal on my list. Mm, that's uh, a good one. 
back in a winning, you know, he was on the, those winning Wizards teams there for a couple years with John Wall. Now, like, what's your role, bro? Like, and, and are you like cool with that? Like, you, it was yeah. just a couple years ago. Like, it feels like he, he's probably going to say all the right things. Media Day, he's going to say all the right things for the Suns, but. It was just a couple of years ago. He's averaged over thirty a game, and there was this whole, you know, like, oh, do we give the Wizards suck? But does he get a you know, All NBA spot because he's averaging over thirty a game and, and all this? And now this is Booker and KD's team. So like, what are you? I don't know whether it's Aiton or Brad Beal. They don't have much depth behind their four bigger salary guys. So it's one of those two dudes as. Because if it all once again, if it all clicks, they all accept their roles and they play the best they can, they're arguably the best team in the league. So well, it's like, is Brad Beal Chris Bosch? Is DeAndre Ayton Chris Bosch? Like if you're comparing them to the the LeBron Wade Chris Bosch heat, because yeah. the Chris Bosch like, role I'm not Haslam. All right. Yeah, right, right. The Chris Bosch role is not easy on its own. And now you're talking about Beal or Ayton to be under the Chris Bosch role at this point. So DeAndre, can you we want you to be Birdman. So ah, Mike Miller, you're you're Mario Chalmers, you're Rio. You just stand in the corner. You're Joel like, Anthony. <laughs> he was their starting center the first year, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah, I mean you're you're that. So it, it is gonna be a really fascinating thing with just the Suns in general. There's so many players on the Suns you could pick, I think. Uh all right, my next yeah. one may surprise you. Okay. Scotty Barnes. Ooh, this was a good one, yeah. The when he's Raptors, on the Blazers or <laughs> the Raptors only have like two guards on the whole roster. I mean, I'm going to look. Okay. Here are their guards. Okay. They have more than two guards. If you count Grady Dick, if you count my, my doppelganger, Grady Dick, do you count him as a guard? I don't, I don't really forgot about Gary Trent. Gary Trent is kind of a guard, but also he's more like a Tim Hardaway jr. Wing. Like he's in that mm-hmm. realm. They've got Dennis Schroeder, okay? He had a good, really good FIBA run, but in the NBA, he's not that same player. It's their starter now. You've got Malachi Flynn, who's in his third year now and has not been as good as maybe we thought he was coming out of the draft. They've got Jeff Downton. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. They've got Garrett Temple, who's in his 13th year, I guess 14th year now, uh, They've got a two-way guy, Javon Freeman Liberty, who I think had a good summer league. I think I remember seeing him. He did. Marquise Noel, who is 5'8", who was a two-way that I don't know anything about. Yeah. Big bucket getter in college. It's basically Schroeder. So. And they got and they got Schroeder. So then they, then they got Scotty Barnes. They're going to run Scotty Barnes at point guard. Like They're going to run him as the ball handler. They're going to use him in that way. I've been listening to the Lockdown Raptors, and that's one of their biggest questions is what does he look like as a main ball handler? And so I'm very fascinated what Scotty Barnes' season looks like. Yeah, especially when Scotty's playing next to Scoot. How does he fit, you know, with, with Scoot and Shaden Sharp? And, uh, when Lillard's on the Raptors and they make that trade. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure, I'll give you um, another one. I, um, I'll stay in the younger uh, category here. My number one answer to this was Cade Cunningham. And yeah. I, I just think he's I think he's that good. Um, I don't think he's, like, at Palo level because I think Palo is – is going to be really good, but uh, I think Cade is going to have a monster year. And I, I was a fan of him. You know, his number one overall pick in the, his draft, and he, you know he had that leg injury last year. But I think there's a world that we're looking at him kind of like how we looked at SGA last year, 
of like mm. taking that wow. big that big of a leap and that the Pistons are you know I don't think Pistons are going to be like top 6 seed or something like that but like the next progression for this Pistons team is Cade having a monster year and them fighting for like one of those you know participation ribbons there at the end of the uh, <laughs> play in tournament and just, just play, hey. always holding on to that one you'll never yeah how can we how can we hold on you know how can we compete You'll for never that let go of that one Tennessee. <laughs> I like I like the Cade one. I'm I'm a Cade believer. I think Cade can be better than Paolo because I think that Cade's got better passing. I think he can have better shooting. I think he's just got a couple more couple skills that are better there. Um for Koo Cahill's sake, locked on Pistons, I hope that Cade has a better year cuz it was let me tell you. Is it was very sad to watch Koo watch the Pistons last year. And then win 17 games. We got to watch Bagley play. I think there's a, there's no, a no, no, no. You don't actually have to watch Bagley play. You have to talk yourself into Bagley. And also they're like, okay, we got James Wiseman. We've got Isaiah Stewart. Dang it. Bagley is playing better than both of them. Where, where like are Killing we? When, and where are we? When Wiseman. Bagley is playing better than both these other guys. Like It's not a good spot to be in. I'll take a step further with, with Cade and I'll say, Healthy, healthy, really good version of Cade is will be the closest thing that we'll see to Luca. Yeah, I like this take from you. Just that the bigger, the bigger point guard who also, you know, has you know, see here and Zach Lowe and them talk about Giddy and stuff. It's like, you know, and they never comped him to Luca, the bigger guard and stuff, because he doesn't have the offensive bag that Luca does, no. and neither does Cade, but. Cade can create his shot and do some step backs and stuff like that. And if Detroit is committed to playing him, like, you know, Dallas plays Luca, I think it could be like, you know, shades of that. He's not Luca, but anyway. Yeah. Give me your last one because my last one, you're going to crack up at. Well, I mean, you're going to laugh at me for having this name on there, but I put Austin Reeves. Um, This dude, this dude was the the summer darling for wait, so many we, people. Wait, can we stop? Can we stop? Can we stop? <laughs> if you've listened to this I, podcast for any amount of time, you know that Isaac hates the Lakers almost. I think more wow. than he loves the Mavericks. For him to pick a Laker no. on this list as an intriguing player is wild to me. Here, wild. Okay, I landed on because. <laughs> They they pay they paid him a super cheap contract. Very cheap. He was the darling of the summer. It feels like every other week there is a Twitter debate of some random, I don't some random role player who finished oh. playing in '98 who's on a podcast <laughs> appearance and is like, hey, you know who I take Austin Reeves over? Uh, DeAndre Ayton. And it's just like then it's like this 48 hour cycle on NBA Twitter. I'm like, I'm so sick and tired of doing the whole like is. Reeves better than blank player coming to season start right now. But Corey, I think Corey when you McGinney. look at the Lake, <laughs> when you look at the Lakers and it's like, all right, AD LeBron, what like, and they look good in the playoffs. Who do you land on as like the third guy that is yeah. like, all right, is Austin Reeves going to have like another good year or was it kind of like flukish? And if he does have a good year, does that mean like, I mean, I guess you could say Rui. Rui got a big contract, and I mean that could very well be a one-hit, one-year wonder there. I don't know who else. I I just wanted to pick a, a third Laker because it. Yeah. Anyway, it's a good one because you're like, where does the where does the the Lakers have this big question? Where does our where does our third like third tier of offense come from? We've got LeBron. We've got mm-hmm. Anthony Davis. Okay, solid there. 
Is it D'Angelo Russell? Can we rely on him? Is it Austin Reeves? Is it Gabe Vincent that they brought in? Is it Rui Hachimura? Like, was that a fluke in the playoffs? Is it Christian Wood? Like that, those that's your next level. Who steps up as the as the third, like the third in line on that team? And then who of those players can they play defensively? That's the next question. Because Austin Reeves got he got kind of beat up in FIBA towards the end. He had some good he had some good games, and they really like teams in countries really attacked him, exposed him. So I'm I'm fascinated to see. And they do the same thing with D'Angelo Russell. And Christian Wood and and Gabe Benson at time. Like it's gonna happen to all those guys. I love that sentence of countries exposed Austin Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> the United Nations came together. Countries did. All right, what's your NATO, last one? They signed they signed the my last one. Oh no. You're smiling. I wanted to I wanted to pick a player from this team and I just like went around and around and around and eventually I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do it for the lulls. And I'm really interested to see about this player. I'm picking Dylan Brooks. Stop. God. <laughs> because this Rockets team, they give Dylan Brooks all that money. You've got Alfred Shingoon, who the team should be built around. Jalen Green, who's the most talented player on the team, but is he the one you want to hand the reins to? Jackson Gatlin is in my ear saying yes. Fred Van Jaylen Vliet Green? Full- yeah, that Jalen Green is the – he's like the That's next star wants. for them. Dude, I'd the build around – it's Jabari and – Amen so, for me. So yeah, you've got Jabari, who's a no, a, a really high pick. You've got Amen, who's a really high pick. You've got you know, Fred Van Vliet, they just gave forty million dollars to, and so you're like, okay, we've got all these mouths to feed, and then all of a sudden here comes Dylan Brooks scoring thirty nine points against Team USA. He's made twenty million dollars. He got embarrassed leaving the the Grizzlies. Like, what's he gonna prove? What does it look like for Dylan Brooks in Houston? What role does he have? And then is he cool with it? Those are the three questions I have for mm. Dylan Brooks. And I think it, it, I think how Dylan Brooks deals with his role in the Rockets could make or break the Rockets next year. The only thing that would give me one, hope, and if one player can make or break a team, that's my intriguing player. Still, yeah, I think if they had any other like majority of a different coach, I would be more skeptical yeah. if I was a Rockets fan. But if I'm a Rockets fan, I'm hanging my hat on all right. If there's one guy that's gonna like keep him in check, it's Ime. Yeah, you go back to that Grant Williams, J.J. Reddick podcast and listen to the way he talked about Ime. <laughs> and you're like, okay, I feel much better about our, our situation. Mm. There you go. Let us know in the comment section who's the most intriguing player on the Mavericks, intriguing player in the NBA. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom.